Hey everyone, and welcome back to SVN on the go. I apologize for the scratchy voice today as we're on day three of the annual conference, but today we have a very important episode and even more special guest, Alex Dimaturco. Alex is president and advisory board member of the SVN Blackstream office in Greenville, South Carolina. Today, he's going to offer a unique and genuine perspective on the 2022 Russian invasion of Ukraine, and we're honored to have him here to speak with us today. Alex, before we jump into the topic of the hour, tell us a little bit about yourself and your history with SVN. Sure. I've been uh, in commercial real estate to, since 1986 and uh, spent most of my time as a developer and as a broker throughout uh, uh, in the retail sector. And about uh, 2012, I joined SVN for the first time, so that, that makes it about a 10-year run. And I was working for the Florida franchise with Jan Jerry Anderson originally, uh, helping him find a company to merge with um, to build up his property management practice. Um, that led to me meeting George Slusser and actually jo joining SVN Corporate, where I worked in franchise sales and uh, worked on the southern half of the United States. Um, since then, in 2017, I came to uh, become join a franchise and became president of SVN Blackstream. Um, and today we now have uh, five offices and about uh, 45 to 50 advisors um, in five cities in the uh, Carolinas. Um, we know you're very passionate about Ukraine. What is your connection to the country? Yes, I'm Ukrainian. Uh, in fact, we, we can trace my family back to the same little town, a suburb of Lviv, since 1648. Uh, my family was one of the founding uh, members of, of that town and started the church in that town. And in fact, every single generation six, since 1648 has been baptized and married in that church wow. oh, up incredible. until me. I was the first one that wasn't. Wow. My sister was, my parents were, um, and, so, and my sister was baptized there. And so we've got a long history um, uh, uh, of being really attached to the, an area and a town. And in fact, many people wonder why the Ukrainians are digging in so strongly uh, in the current environment. And a big part of that is that they don't move like we do in the United States. When, when you have centuries of living in the same place, you know the families deeply. Uh, you, if you go to the church graveyard, it's filled with Dimaturkos, unlike the, uh, unlike the South Carolina telephone book. <laughs> so, so the history is very strong. My, during World War II, my father fought um, against Stalin and, and Germany with the Ukrainian partisans. Uh, and he's not alone. I've had family fight in World War I and all the, all the wars since 1648. In fact, they, got, they settled there during a, uh, during a campaign where one of my ancestors got wounded uh, outside of Lviv and ended up settling there. Wow. A very long and well-recorded family history. Yeah, exactly right. Amazing. Uh, please break down the historical relationship between Ukraine and Russia and where they stand today. We understand any account of history is dense and lengthy, but help us understand how we arrived at this point. Yep, it's very interesting, and there's a lot of misinformation about this, and most of it is being put out by the Russian propaganda machine. Ukraine and Russia are two separate countries, and they're two separate nationalities. They're two separate people. In fact, Ukrainian history starts in Kiev in the year 800. Russian history doesn't start until Yuri Dohoruki, which is acknowledged by both Ukrainian historians and by Russian historians, that he's the founder of Russia and the Moscovite Empire. And that didn't happen until the 1200s, so 400 years after Ukraine started. Now, having said that, they have the same common roots. It was a migration from Ukraine to, to Russia, but that's the same as England, 
migrating to the United States. We were founded by pilgrims coming from England originally on the Mayflower. That doesn't mean that the United States, for an example, being the younger country, can turn around and conquer England. Nor does it mean that Russia should be able to conquer Ukraine. One other thing that I want to mention is you will hear every once in a while that Russians will say, well, they're our brothers. Well, given the attacks that are going on, the Ukrainian response to that is, sure we are, Cain killed Abel. Um, the languages are also different. Uh, it's evolved over time. There's actually a different number of characters in the alphabet. They use Cyrillic alphabets, but there are differences, and it's, I, I liken it uh, to Spanish and Portuguese. You can sort of understand, but not completely if you speak one or the other. Well, Alex, um, I know I've gotten the chance to know you over the last five years, uh, you and your wife, Nicole, but uh, today's episode isn't necessarily about you. It's about your sons and the mission that they're about to embark on. Let our listeners know what they're actually about to do. Sure. I appreciate that. I have two sons. Uh, their names are Gregory, Greg. Uh, he's 30 years old. And Zach, Zachary, he's uh, 27 years old. Zachary uh, has had a long history with Ukraine as well. Over the last eight years, he has uh, been in Ukraine at a variety of points. Um, during his fresh, after his freshman year in college, he voluntarily signed up, went to Ukrainian university to learn the language better and to learn to read and write it um, and to learn Cyrillic. I, I know when I was a freshman in college, the last thing I wanted to do was go to more school. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was ready for vacation. Yeah. Uh, he also went back and he ended up uh, volunteering at the war hospital. This is when the war broke out originally in the eastern region, the Luhansk and um, Donetsk areas. And he worked in the uh, Kiev war hospital in the refugee camp as a volunteer. Uh, he's also been back to the, to the country each of those years and has been at the war hospital several times. And uh, he also ended up doing winning a Fulbright scholarship after he finished, um, wow. graduated from college. And as a Fulbrighter, he ended up going to Ukraine, where he um, taught in a uh, Ukrainian university in a very small central rural town. Um, as a result of that, he ended up getting a job with, uh, with Congress, the United States Congress, for the last two years, where he has been um, working as an expert for on Ukrainian um, missions that from Ukrainian parliamentarians coming to the United States and connecting them with Congress. Um, he also had worked on UATV, which is an English-speaking Ukrainian television station in Ukraine, where he was both a broadcaster and a producer. Um, while he just recently, uh, he just recently left a family reunion, um, not more than two weeks ago. And the reason he left, he had to go early, was there was a delegation from Ukraine coming in to meet uh, in the United States to meet with our politicians. Obviously, things were th being threatening, and, and a couple of weeks ago, there were lots of um, tanks and military uh, uh, garrisons uh, lining up around the Ukrainian border. And so he's fully expecting that they were asking for Ukrainian, for American help. During the time that they arrived, the war broke out. So he was literally with politicians from Ukraine when the war broke out. And when that happened, their first reaction was to um, head back to Ukraine. And then they all thought about it a little bit and decided, well, we're in the United States. Let's bring some supplies with us as we go back. And so they brought back medical supplies and military medical supplies. Zach uh, then got an offer to become a journalist 
um, if he would go to Ukraine and get press credentials and be able to write about what's going on in that scene. He decided at the time, well, let me do the same thing. Let me bring some military supplies with me. But he works on a civil servant's salary. So he asked me for help uh, to be able to raise money. And the two of us started raising money. And uh, as we were doing so, it, um, it sort of just took off. My friends would pass it on to other friends. And because we could see on television how brutal the attack was on the Ukrainian villages and, and, and cities and people and how relentless it was, and that coupled with the, the stout defense that Ukraine was putting up, I think the world started to realize how wrong this was. So we raised way more money than we expected. And so the, 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 the mission of bringing uh, humanitarian relief started to get larger and larger. And his brother then, uh, Greg, said, well, I can't let you go there alone. Somebody's got to have your back. We're brothers. Absolutely. And so he's joined in as well, uh, taking a leave from his, his job in Chicago where he works in construction. And, the, um, and then some of the logistics needed to be put together. I started talking to some of my friends, and he, friends of friends started putting me in touch with people in Poland. Uh, I've got to say the people in Poland have just been so resourceful and helpful and uh, uh, humane about this and sympathetic and they helped uh, get a car and driver to be able to get pick up the supplies that they're bringing because there's a lot of supplies um, and then through uh, through a fraternity brother and a college friend I got put in touch with somebody that's in Lviv right now and uh, to, to meet him on the other side so they're making making that run from um, uh, from Poland to Lviv and are departing tonight um, and so as you all know they're out, uh, it's a very fluid situation there. It could change at any time. Right. But they should be in uh, arriving in Lviv, hopefully, within two days. Um, <clears throat> we absolutely admire and respect this humanitarian mission. Um, before we let you go, for those of us who want to get involved, please let us know how we can support the Ukrainian people and your son's mission. Well, I appreciate that. We're, we're, we're always taking donations. There's two ways to be able to donate. One is on PayPal, the other is on Venmo. Uh, the PayPal would go uh, to paypal.me backslash Z Dimiturko. That's spelled D-M-Y-T-E-R-K-O. Or if Venmo is preferred, it's at Zach Dimiturko. That's Zach with a C-K. So at Z-A-C-K-D-M-Y-T-E-R-K-O. Um, and we're going to be needing donations ongoingly, although this is an 11-day mission. Uh, those, those funds will, will be going into uh, military medical supplies and be set, uh, forwarded on to make sure they get into Ukraine, whether the, the boys go themselves again, which I anticipate they would, or whether they're shipping it over there. Yeah, and we're going to make sure we have all that information available to our listeners on the website. And I know <clears throat> we talked a little bit. Alex, about how this may not be related to commercial real estate, but we just wanted to say what an incredible thing that your sons are doing and how noble it is of them, the true heroes. So congratulations, not congratulations, but I just want to say that they're, they're so brave and I know that this is a tough time for the family, but we want to say thank you to them. Thank you to anybody that helps support the cause and thank you for sharing the story with us. We uh, we needed this today and I know for our listeners, uh, we hope that, that you donate, that you help support the cause and that hopefully this, this ends sooner than later. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as they say in Ukraine, Slava Ukraini. Thank you so much, Alex. Thank we appreciate it. Thank you so it. much. Thanks.